and welcome back to the CEO as Activist podcast series brought to you by Business in the Community Ireland, the leading advisors in sustainability and CSR. Today's episode goes back to our 12th annual CEO Breakfast Forum. And we'll hear the panel on the roadmap to sustainability with CEOs from Dawn Meats, Air and Retail Ireland at Bank of Ireland. The panel is chaired by Carmen McQuaid, Head of Sustainable Business at Marks and & Spencer and Board Member of Business in the Community Ireland. Welcome everybody. I know we're all quite um, apprehensive after the video. We thought we'd uh, improvise <laughs> and, and change our programme around. <laughs> Gavin, you were the most excited about the video. Absolutely, yeah. I can't wait to see uh, what, what snippets we can take from today. To, so we don't want to. Is it excellent? Brilliant. Um, so we've had a great morning so far, and I think one of the big messages that has come through loud and clear is about the sense of urgency. Um, and again, from my perspective, the role I do in Marks and Spencer, I have I have really felt this change in the last few months. Um, and really, it's a phrase of "be careful what you wish for," because I've probably spent. 15 years battling and talking about the urgency on climate change or the fact that we haven't moved the agenda on inclusion or the fact that it is still an unfair workforce. Um, and suddenly, everyone's got it. And personally, I am bombarded from when I wake up in the morning and I have to get to the station and step over three homeless people sleeping on the street to when I get to work and my colleagues are phoning me annoyed about why Marks and Spencer hasn't done X, Y, or Z, to when I walk into the shop and I see our customers and they're having a go at me about all the things we still have to change. And there's this real sense of, come on guys, let's, let's move. But also, the other thing I notice is that as awareness has risen, so we've had 10 or 12 years of awareness raising, and Carolyn, I think you picked it up really well, there's, there's a real sense of fear now. When people realize what is really happening and the scale of the problem, whatever the problem is, that sense of fear kicks in. And it can be quite daunting when everyone looks at you. And you, you are, you're in charge. And you only have a short period of time to fix this. And you need to know the answers. And you need to find a way to be positive in, in the spirit of complete negativity. When you look at the numbers and all the numbers tell you it's game over, how do, you, how do you turn that around? And actually, I think that's a really important message, and, and I'm really grateful that we'll have a good discussion among fellow CEOs who can, who can talk quite honestly and frankly about that. But I, my, my personal view is that fear will not get us through this. And actually, if you just think about the strength of the business community, this is what you do. This is what you've always done, and this is why you're in the roles that you're at. You take a bunch of uncertainty, lots of competing agendas, and you find a way to focus, galvanize, and move through it and turn it into an opportunity. So that's, that's all you're going to hear from me. I'm simply going to ask the questions now. Um, we'd like to start off with, given, given the sense of urgency and uncertainty, Gavin, how do you see it as um, a CEO in your role? Yeah, th uh, thanks, Carmel. I, I would say there's probably two aspects to this that's why we've seen such a change. I think, firstly, as CEOs, there, there's definitely a commercial imperative um, uh, to really start taking the agenda seriously and the urgency that's around it. Um, and I think that, that splits into a couple of areas. I think, first, we, uh, Tomás touched on it earlier with marketing around investors. We're certainly seeing an increasing attention being paid by investors into um, uh, the, the, the wide range uh, of sustainability. Um, but also, as companies, um, I think we, we shouldn't be ashamed to say that sustainability and efficiency also go together. So there is a commercial 
imperative from the perspective of running our businesses and to be more efficient in running our businesses, um, sustainability and efficiency, I think, go hand in glove. And I suppose that links to my, my last point on, on the commercial imperative, which is, is our customers. And we're certainly seeing at the Bank of Ireland where there's definitely been a sea change over the last year. Our research is telling us that you know, 64% of the population and customers are now more interested than they were maybe a year ago. And that, that's a huge seismic change. And, and customers are becoming more demanding of us. So I think if you combine those three, um, we're certainly seeing a significant in increase in urgency from a commercial comparative. But while that's okay, when I think of all the people that are in the room, and I, I, I was just reminded of a word that Thomas used earlier, which is the word privilege. Like, we're privileged to lead the organizations that we do. I certainly feel honored and humbled to lead the group of people that I lead who work in all communities across Ireland. And that privilege, I've certainly started to get a sense from peers um, right around the, the, the community that people really care about this and want to make a difference and do something different. So I think the combination of a commercial imperative and genuinely as CEOs really caring and want to make a difference and to stand in, if we get that right, that, that combined momentum really will start to shift in terms of uh, urgency and the pace. Um, it's kind of like, the, the, I don't know what the positive of a perfect storm is, but to me that's what that's coming together. And, and I think um, I'm really excited about it uh, as we look forward. So you find it energizing rather than sort of paralyzing? I think, it's, I think, that, I, I think that personal thing is really coming through. I, I think the video was a little bit of, you kind of had to take a box and, and et cetera. I, th I think those days are gone. I think there's a real genuine you know, uh, desire from the people in this room and, and wider afield to make a difference and do something differently. I think the commercial imperative is important and we shouldn't, I think it's important to say we shouldn't be ashamed to talk about the commercial realities of running our businesses and how the sustainability agenda can help us. Like, it's, what's important is we get it done. The motives um, are, 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 can be different and will be different company to company, but I, there is a real excitement there. Okay, so a view from the finance sector. Niall, how does that play out in, in, in your sector? Do you think businesses taking enough action? Um, I suppose uh, if we consider it from, from a Dawn Meads perspective, I mean, we, we look at this through the lens of continuous improvement. And so there's, there's definitely not enough being done. And we can all, always strive to do, to do better. And we look at this through the lens of sustainability for us, similar to the previous speaker's point, is about resource use efficiency. Um, and we definitely look at our business plans and investments based on return on capital, but also in consistency with, with our business purpose, as, as Thomas referred to earlier, the business purpose. And our business purpose is to provide quality meat products from sustainable sources to support our rural communities, human health, and nature's ecosystem. And so with resource use, we have to prioritize what, what, we're, what we're going to focus on. And so we tend to pilot and test on one site before we roll out across our state. Um, and so that, that in effect can, um, you know, that, that, that can uh, compromise a little bit on implementation, but it has a better business impact in the long term. Well, and I think you make a fair point that sometimes speed isn't about doing lots of activity very fast, and, and that, that gives you an illusion that you're making progress, mm -hmm. but actually getting it right so you can scale it quickly yeah. is also really important. Carolyn, Everyone's talking very positively at the moment, and I think you know the the economy is is currently okay. Have you any views on how recession-proof you think this agenda, this um, urgency, interest is? So I think if we're, if we're being honest, um, every, nothing is recession-proof. So I think you know because in tough times, 
everything's on the table and there's, there's tough choices to make it. You know, if I think back to ourselves in, in 2011, Aircom at the time went through the, the largest examinership still, I think, in Irish corporate history. And our relationship with Special Olympics at the time was on the table. Now, thankfully, you know, we saved that relationship. We've never moved on to 34 years. But the point is, you know, when you're under pressure and you've, you know, you've got people to employ and you've got wages to play and you've got customers to look after, everything's on the table. So nothing's recession-proof. But what I would say is there's definitely momentum and I, it is real. It's not like the video. I, I thought the video was hilarious. I loved there's women everywhere. I was at the Air Pensioners uh, Golf Day dinner recently, and this really nice gentleman who's retired about 15 years leaned over and thought he was giving me the best compliment ever and said, you guys are getting everywhere. So it kind of reminded me of him, but he was actually being nice to me. Yeah. To be nice. So, so there is absolute momentum, and I think it is real, but I think the way to, to sustain it is to make it part of your core business. If it's an aside, you know, something we do when we have time, a load of initiatives or whatever. I think when tough times come, as they always come, because we, we live and work in cycles, I think then it's vulnerable. So if I just give an example for us, we're upgrading our network, we're upgrading our core network, which is going to, you know, someone else made the point about efficiency, which is going to help us be more efficient and, you know, make our products more robust. But the reality is the new equipment will mean 30% less visits to fix things. So that's 30% less vans on the road, you know, the equipment is smaller, which means less power, less space. So that's a really good initiative for us as a company, you know, upgrading our technology and has a lot of, you know, really strong environmental effects. And I think that's the way to do it, make a core, because then the business cases are easier and it's kind of fundamental. And every business decision you're making, you're looking through the efficiency lens, the sustainability lens, the environment lens, whatever. And I, so to me, that's how to kind of keep this going. But I think we'd be naive to think that anything is, uh, is recession-proof because everything's on the table in tough times, I think. So I think some, some recurring themes there of when there's, a, when there's a nice overlap and when there is the business case there, it's, it's energized further by the determination and the leadership to power it through. Um, but if that becomes weaker, then we need, we need to really think about what really matters and, and focus on that. Um, and I think there's some worthy reflections on, if you think about the scale of the crisis, the financial crisis, and how business acted at that time. How are we acting now when we talk about the transition to low carbon economy, social inclus inclusion and worker of the future? Are you really acting in the way that you did in 2008 with the degree of urgency, focus and, and single mindedness? And what can, you, what can we learn from, as business people from how we've reacted to other, other crises maybe? Um, so the three of you have all been actively involved in business and the community's leaders groups. Thank you very much and, and therefore your perspective on the world of business in general has been really, really helpful. Maybe let's take a bit closer to home and talk about your, your own businesses a bit more. Um, Sophie, Niall, I've been looking forward to this question all <laughs> week. <laughs> um, meat, it's a, it's a tricky business to be in now uh, with the low carbon economy coming. How do you, how do you see that? Is it, is it a trend? Are people going to flexitarian vegan? Is it going to disappear again and we'll be back to meat and two veg? Or how do you see it? Well, it's always been a tricky business to begin with anyway. Um, but uh, on the specific question about um, flexitarianism and veganism, um, there's no doubt in the developing world that uh, there are alternative diets and, and lifestyles, and those type of trends happen you know, from time to time. 
Um, but we would be consistent in encouraging customers, especially the, the, the importance of protein in people's diet for human health and for brain development. So it's important that people have a balanced diet. I mean, meat plays a very important role in human health. Um, it has essential nutrients, vitamins and minerals, as most people know. Um, so the same as we wouldn't encourage people to have sole consumption of meat, nor would, would, we, would we recommend uh, its exclusion. Um, Obviously. But, but obviously, but, I mean, you know, you, you, know, you, you, know, you can generalise because for some people they're actually not eating enough meat yeah. and some people could eat less meat. So it's not a simple binary choice. But as a CEO, when you're facing into that and reading the media, how do you, how do you feel about it? Do you feel energised and think, no, I've got a case to make here, my industry's good, I, I can propel it forward, I've got a vision? Or do you think, oh my God, this is terrible, and, and, and you, you clearly don't because you're here and you're on the stage. So, but yep. the option was to hide away and, and not engage. And yep. So tell us about your vision I, for, I, for... I think what, what we as a business and, and, and other, other uh, businesses in a, in a similar um, area for dairy, for example, I mean, it's important for us to get out the true message and for people to make informed choices about their diet because yep. it's very important for human health that people have a balanced diet. Okay. Now, I know there's, there's concern about uh, greenhouse gases and uh, people eating less meat in, in the developed world, but there's also more affluence in the developing world. And, and uh, we feel it's very important that meat is produced where it's most carbon efficient to do so. And uh, it's well recognised by the EU Commission in various studies and by the UN FAO <coughs> that the <coughs> Irish agricultural production system with our temperate climate and grass growing regions is one of the most efficient regions in the world in which to produce meat. And that, that's propelled you, because you, you've got a great vision, you've got quite a, a bold vision to be the most sustainable meat company in Europe, am I right? Or am I putting words in your mouth? No, no, you're not. No, that, that is one of our stated goals. We've set ourselves very challenging targets yeah. for 2025 to reduce our energy and water intensity by 40% and to reduce uh, our carbon emissions intensity by 50%. So we have very challenging targets set, and this year we have signed up to the Science-Based Targets Initiative for both Scope 1, 2 and 3, and uh, we're the first uh, meat company in Europe to publicly do so. How do you feel about that? Uh, we feel excited. No, you. How do I feel yeah. about it? <laughs> I feel that, uh, I feel that it's very important that yeah. we take a leadership role because we are quite a large business in Europe and that we, we show other companies that this is, this is the future and you have to get on, on board. Great, great. And energised by it. Absolutely. A little bit scared, but energised. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll leave. Carolyn, to, coming on to air, and um, we heard earlier that moving the dial on inclusion is, is really not, it's not happening. We're, we're not going fast enough. How do you see that within your company and what are, what are you doing to change that? Yeah, I, I suppose th and that's one of the areas with um, business in the community that we've, as a team, have been, uh, my team have been really involved in. I think we had an opportunity um, over the last 18 months in particular because we, m we made a decision to insource our, our customer care and to, to move it out of Dublin where we found it hard to hire and retain people into regional hubs. So, as a result, we were hiring a thousand people. We don't often hire a thousand people, so you can kind of look at who you're hiring. You know, look at that mix maybe differently than you do when you're hiring five or six people. You know, so so I think we wanted to, um, you know, 
be more inclusive. And so we were in, um, in Cork and Sligo and we started working with Turris Nua to bring some of the long-term unemployed kind of back into the workplace through these new contact centres that we were establishing. And that's worked really well for us. We also wanted, you know, uh, like uh, I'm, give, I'm taking gender as a given, you know, in terms of we wanted a balance in terms of men and women, but we were also looking to facilitate maybe parents who wanted to work while kids were at school as they moved to secondary school with longer hours. So trying to set up our shifts around that so we could attract that kind of demographic. And this is not all, this is not philanthropy. This is, we, we thought that that would work for us as well. They'd want to stay with us. We'd retain them, you know, because we had that huge problem in Dublin where take us five months to train you and, and in seven months you left, you know, so we were constantly on that cycle. Um, and again, we did, again, around the evening with people who just maybe want to work in the evening, so another option than maybe them working in a pub or a restaurant or whatever. So, and as a result, we have, you know, quite a mixed um, group of employees now across our contact centres in terms of, you know, gender, age, where they've come from. And I think that's really beneficial for, for everybody, you know, and particularly some of our older employees because we have quite a an older segment of our, because of where we came from, Telecom Air, yeah, yeah. we have an older segment of customers, so in some ways we probably, our contacts that are now probably better represents the customers we serve, so that's been really interesting. And then in Limerick, where we have a lot of technical staff, we, we've started now to work with Intro about, you know, people who are coming back and want to retrain, because we think there's an opportunity, again, it's very hard to get technical staff in Ireland at the moment, you know, there is a war on talent or whatever, but an opportunity to work with them and train some people up in technical careers or whatever. So, you know, we found that really beneficial from a company point of view in terms of return and business case, and this is always important. And, you know, and it's also obviously working for the individuals involved. And, you know, I just had a very higher level, you know, for a long time, you know, AIR's senior management team had a 10, nine, or a 90-10 male-female kind of lineup. We're now 60-40 female-male. Um, you know, and again, huge change over the last kind of 18 months Again, reflecting our customer base and, you know, I think acknowledging, you know, the strong um, female pipeline that we had in the company and giving them now the opportunity to sit around that top table and kind of lead the company. So, you know, it's been, I hope, helpful from a sustainability and environment and employment, but it's also been really good for air, I think. And I think what's, what's really interesting in that is that that was quite a a strategic opportunity where you're able to go big in one move, so a thousand people um, linked to part of your business transformation and almost getting an infusion of that diverse workforce yeah. in one go. How, how much more impactful is that rather than chipping away, say, you know, 5%, 5%, 5% year and year and year? From, a, from an impact point of view, do you think the fact that it was a big bang? It certainly helped. I think, right. I think if you... If you you know, if we were doing this five years ago, I don't know whether we would have had that inclusion lens. I don't know whether, we, you know, right. I think we would have been just hiring and we would have got some good people, absolutely. But I don't know whether we would have been linking in with, with the local organizations or thinking about it. So that was, so I think we had that lens and we were thinking about that. So, so that was great. But I think the volume can really drive change. You know, yeah. change trickly is hard. You get momentum, you know, it's like the small stone turning into the big boulder, but we got the big boulder, which was, which was very that. helpful. And, but you don't get those opportunities. You know, I mean, I don't plan to do that again, you know, in a while. It was also quite stressful and difficult <laughs> to make it happen. So you don't get those opportunities that often, but I think when you do get them, 
let's try and make the most of them. I think that's, that's a, a key takeaway because, you know, as we say, life is short. You don't get lots of opportunities to transform your business society at the same time. So it's probably worth just reflecting on over the next two, three years, what are the opportunity yeah. moments in every company? And that's, that's our challenge now in terms of, you know, are we ambitious enough in terms yeah, yeah. of sustainability going forward? What's going to be our next big opportunity? And I, I don't have the answer yet. We're, we're kind of working around our, our steering group at the moment because we'd like to have an opportunity to do something a bit transformational, but we, we certainly don't know what it is. And Caroline definitely gave me food for thought there. But, you know, again, you know, what's going to be our next big kind of move and what's going to be that next big opportunity? Brilliant. Gavin, speaking of big opportunities and, you know, once-in-a-lifetime transformations in business, you're, you're facing into the digital revolution like all of us, but that, that has some significant implications from an employee point of view, potentially, positive and negative. Um, how, how are you dealing with that in terms of you've got branches at the moment, you've got lots of employees, and, and yet you must be embracing digital technology to transform how, how your business operates. Yeah, I think there's, there's no industry in the room that's immune to digitization and um, the impact it's had, but certainly in banking, we've seen um, like a, a, a revolution over the last 10 years in particular, and it will continue. So, um, you know, customer, and it's driven by customers. Um, like our, we all, all of us say that our biggest branch is, our mo is on our mobile phone, and, and that's proven by the, the number of um, interactions we have with our customers on a daily basis across digital channels, etc. And that's brought all of the, you know, the challenges and opportunities that come with that. It brings disruption, it brings, um, uh, you know, new competition into the market, and that's healthy for our industry <coughs> as we go forward. Um, I guess when it comes to the impact of the workforce, there's no doubt that the workforce will be smaller as we go forward. But it's still going to be there, and we're still going to be one of the largest employers in the country. And, um, uh, and I mean that across the industry in terms of financial services and the role that our teams play and you know, the investments we're making kind of in retraining and reskilling. And I'll give you one example where we recently set up, um, and it is relevant to today's agenda, um, a vulnerable customer unit, which is a specialized unit to help deal with customers who are experiencing vulnerability, whether that's a permanent vulnerability or temporary vulnerability. And really, they're there to support our frontline colleagues. And the team that, are, that are, you know, are thriving in that role are people that we probably would have seen in the past as people that were going towards redeployment, you know, weren't suited to other roles, but um, the empathy they have for our customers, their, their knowledge, their experience, um, has really seen them um, you know, reignite their careers in the bank, and we've reskilled and retrained them in that space. But it's not just about reskilling, it's about you know, understanding the skills they have today and then pointing them at the, you know, the challenges and opportunities that we have in our business. So I think that's a really important part of it. And, we, and, and a lot of um, you know, what Carolyn said resonates with me in terms of how we need to just be different and how we employ. Um, and I think that can benefit a number of um, aspects of sustainability, but also you know, our, our employees, um, you know, well-being, etc., something that we're taking very seriously. Before I leave, I just want to touch on one thing because you talked about the branches, and, and I think there is, um, you know, there is a, something that we talk about quite a bit at the leaders group and business in the community. Um, we are there to support community, and I think there is an onus on us, particularly leaders of large companies, in terms of in Ireland, the, the local communities and rural communities are very important to us. Um, they're very, they're the backbone of the Irish economy. I know it's an old cliche, but it's true. And I think how we support rural communities in particular. Um, as we go through um, the next 10 to 20 years of this journey, it's going to be really important. And so I see certainly our branch presence. That's often seen as a cost. Uh, to me, it's not. It's, it's, a, it's really about us um, committing to community. Um, what we do in branches today is unrecognizable to what happened 10 years ago. But um, I certainly see out there, right across the country, notwithstanding the clouds that are there, 
we run this event called uh, every year National Enterprise and Town Awards. We'll have 100 entries from around the country represented in Kilkenny in a couple of weeks' time. And really, I leave that every year with a renewed sense of energy about what this country is really good about, because you see what our co communities put forward for what they, what they want to do, and it's across all ranges of community, um, from supporting schools and supporting development through to business and enterprise. It's incredible to see um, what's going on out there on the ground. And I think that's, that's part of what we're trying to do in terms of supporting community with whether it's branch presence or more importantly the people that are in those branches, reskilling, getting them out to deal with communities. So that combination of, well, we're seeing a digital economy certainly emerging. I think we've also got to remember what's very strong about Ireland and um, I think that local community spirit is something you know, we like to say we're unique, but I do believe it's unique to Ireland and we should be very proud of it. Great. And I think, um, I think you've touched on a really important point there. There's, there's the practical and tangible things that we all need to do in terms of change happening, but there's the how you navigate that change as a human, a human leader and a thoughtful leader. So yes, there's difficult decisions to be made, but how do, how do you make that in the most considered way and, and thoughtful way? And also the psychology of change. Um, so the work, workforce of the future, a lot of the conversations have been about, you can't promise someone a job in, in, yep. in the future. Um, and you can't tell them what sort of job it will be. So what's your responsibility and empowering that you can do to help people get comfortable with that? But I think getting people, giving people confidence yeah. is a key part yeah, of that. Yeah. So as you reskill people, um, you know, the, the institutionalization is, is a real fear that people have. You know, yeah. if they're in the one company for a long time, um, and we still have quite a few people, certainly in Bank of Ireland, that are in the company for a long time. But I think reskilling, giving people confidence, and seeing people that do leave and indeed come back, but watching how their career, careers thrive, we should be proud of that. Not seeing it as just as, as a loss. We yeah. should also be very proud that people that are Bank of Ireland alumni are going on and uh, are being very successful in their careers elsewhere. Thank you. Um, the three of you have been very frank, and, and thank you for that. Um, I'd like to just round up by, by just asking you a little bit about your personal reflections on what value do you see um, working with other businesses in the leaders' groups or in collaborations like BITC Ireland? What is, how does that help you personally navigate through, through the, the changes that are lying ahead? Carolyn? Yeah, I think... Uh I think, first of all, just working with business in the community, because I think if I look back at our CSO journey over the last, you know, or, uh, over the last 10 years, it started off being very much about community and charity and sporting Special Olympics, which is, is absolutely wonderful, and, you know, we, we wouldn't have it any other way. But I think working with business community expanded that into our environmental impact, our, you know, our, our HR policies, our, you know, so it just, you know, and even going for the mark as well, just really broadened your kind of thinking, which was fantastic. So I think, and then then to interact with other, so that's great because you've yep. got all that stuff to look at, but then the practicalities of how do you make this work or how are you thinking about that? So I think that's when the real benefit of working with the other companies come in. You know, like, like one of our big challenges, our buildings are really old, uh, so they're not usually energy efficient, but there's people working in them every day. Yep. You know, so massive cost to, to refurb them and then what you do, you know, all those kind of things. So I think that practical engagement with the other, you know, CEOs and leaders in this area, just, you just get a lot of useful kind of tips and support and kind of ideas, you know, and as I said, we're looking for our next big idea. So again, I'd be very happy to copy someone else's, Great. you know, and, and make it work for yeah. her. So that's just so really beneficial for me. Yeah. Niall, what about yourself? Yeah, so I mean, we've been focused on sustainability now for, for a long, long time, but definitely uh, been involved in the BITC, um, as well as with Bordbia on the Origin Green programme and the European Roundtable for Sustainable Beef. We've found that 
that gives us a great platform to put the structure around our future vision and set our targets into the future. So it's, it's, it's all about collaboration and it's pre-competitive. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's what we should all be doing. And I'm sure almost everybody in the room, bar that 2%, are focused on that at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> that person's hiding under a table somewhere. Gavin, yourself? Yeah, I think the, you know, you're very proud of getting the reaccreditation today, but I, I also think the process, and you touched on it when you came up and said of bringing people out to lunch, I mean, in fairness to business security in Ireland, um, they make you work for it. Yeah, right? they do. And, uh, <laughs> they certainly do. And that's the right, and that's the way it should be, right? It's, um, that's a, you, we shouldn't take these for granted. And there's a lot of work put into it, and there's a lot of pride in the organization when that happens. And I think, um, you know, how we collaborate then across whether it's joint initiatives, but also that little healthy competition where we do see others doing things. Like, we've got to continuously up our game. I think the one thing that comes clear from today and certainly from my personal reflections. Um, I, I saw recently where I personally kind of led, we, we introduced a, a new fund for you know, putting some meaningful products into the market for people that were investing in sustainability. So business customers getting meaningful discounts for, 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 for loans that are investing in sustainability. I felt from you know, looking at the community as a whole that you, know, you can get up and talk if you want about this, but you actually have to put meaningful yep. um, commitments behind it. So you know, that's just one example, but I think how we can bounce off each other, um, work on some joint initiatives together, but also that little bit of healthy competition where we see somebody else doing it in another industry or in our own industry and saying, do you know what, we continuously you need to um, uh, kind of up our game in this space and keep making investments and tangible investments. And I think that's a, a real benefit of working together on this. Great. So, but Carmel, if I may, just want to give a shout out to all the teams that achieved the business and mm. responsible mark because they're the ones that did all the work. We're just sitting up here yeah. taking some of the credit. So, well done. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you, Niall. Thank you, Carolyn. So, I think what we've what we've touched on a little bit today is the sense of urgency and and the fact that as business leaders, you you if you can be very strategic about the changes you're already making in your business and look at it with the lens of sustainability and use the collaboration, use the new ideas, use the the sense of um, an industry scale change happening together, and um, then hopefully we can move a lot faster um, in the pace that's required. Thank you for your input. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this inspiring and thought-provoking panel. We're taking a short break, but we'll be with you again next year with a new series celebrating 20 years of impact from business in the community Ireland. Until the next time, goodbye.